Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Oilers now, Bob Stoffer with you along with Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. You know who was a big fan back in the day? Of Steve Earle. Yes, sir. Hugh Porter. Hugh Porter and Digitex, their title sponsored. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all. They could be doing it for you. Spec, does this does this song, by the way, sort of have a negative redneck connotation to it in any way, shape, or form? I don't think it does. I but mean, do only rednecks make moonshine in the hills with 100 pounds of yeast and copper wire? Yes, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> but that's not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. <laughs> I, it's just a catchy song. You know that's what I'm a, saying? That's a really cool sound. Steve Earle actually really found it with that tune and. And uh, I'd go see him for sure. Yeah, stop for. We should just let it play instead of having you guys talk. Yeah, we're wrecking. You're you're you're, 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 you're enjoying this, the song. Yeah. You're liking the song. Is this okay. one of your favorite songs from the '80s? I think there's a line in Slapshot about that. Yeah, <laughs> might be the only song I like from the '80s. The only song you like? I'm from just kidding. Thirty years ago, this song came out. Yeah, really. We're getting old, eh? Wow. All right. Uh, again, the second hour of Oilers now brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They have our office supply needs covered. They do it all. They could be doing it for you. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline. River Cree bringing in Steve Earle and the Dukes, the 30th anniversary of Copperhead Road. It'll take place September the 23rd. They've got the Little River Band. Did you look up a uh, Little River Band? For, I'm pretty sure they're... Are they not Australian? They're an Aussie band, yeah. They're an Aussie band? Thought so. Now, what was Split Ends? Were they Aussie or were they New Zealand? Oh, remember Split Ends? I remember them, but didn't like them one bit. That's the kind of band you would have liked when you were young, eh? I, I wasn't a big... You liked sp- those types of bands. I wasn't that big of a Split Ends guy. Split Ends? Maybe one song that they did. They had that one song, like in 1980 or <laughs> 81, right around the time... One that, Hit Wonder, eh? Hey? Right, 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 right. Uh, Douglas Slugs. Was it E-N-Z? 
Yeah, it was a Yen. Oh, yeah, I hate people that misspell names purposely. Yeah. Oh, I know, like like it's people like, that spell Mark M A R K instead of M A R C, like yeah. it should be spelled. Yeah. Actually, the M A R K is the masculine version. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, in this generation, we don't want to offend anybody. So, if you are an M A R C, uh, it's all um, good with us too. You've got our uh, pity. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you can text us at six thirty six thirty on our Westlock Ford text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Wilson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. By the way, Stan Fischler, we're going to talk a bit about the Toronto Maple Leafs signing John Tavares. And Stan Fischler took a uh, shot at him, which, frankly, I mean, Stan is a uh, uh, New York guy uh, through thick and thin. We all know that. I'm just trying to find the exact quote. Uh, But he basically infers that... uh, Ah... I'm lo- now I can't find it on his uh, Twitter, did, Twitter did, uh, account. Did Fischler basically say that Tavares took the easy way out? Isn't that the thrust of what he wrote? Yeah. Something to that effect. Since nobody claimed by uh, by prize Knish for being the first with the official Tavares story, I'm withdrawing the Knish. Oh, okay. I don't even know what a Knish is. Knish is a very tasty morsel of uh, Jewish food. All right. Dear John Tavares, thanks uh, for being so available under difficult interviewing situations. Now, one question. What took you so long to make the toughest uh, decision? Why didn't you tell the Islanders' owners sooner? Uh, he's basically saying that uh, Tavares took the easy way out by going the uh, route Look, of the Look, any please. school of thought that says John Tavares didn't stick it in long enough for the Islanders to uh, you know, stick with it there. Uh, for the Islanders to find success. I mean, how many seasons did he play there, Bob? Didn't he play like 850 games for him? He's played a lot of games. For yeah. him. So, I mean, eventually the team has to catch up. I'm here to tell you, seven years from now, if the Oilers are still floundering, McDavid's walking. That's how it works. I wouldn't blame, Tavar- blame Tavares one second for walking away from that train wreck. The uh, Islanders are bad. They've been bad forever. Since the 80s, they've been bad. They don't have a building. Their building screwed up. They're playing for two and uh, two different. Kidding s- me? I'm out of there if I'm him. It's understandable, <laughs> and I actually think it takes more courage to play in Toronto if you're John Tavares. I mean, you can hide a bit in New York. Where are you hiding in Toronto? No, you're the guy. No hiding in Toronto. There's no hiding in Toronto at all. Uh, is this? I mean, you tell me. How impactful is he going to be? How good are the Leafs going to be? And let's not forget, they did lose Bozak and JVR. Those guys were good players for that team. Yeah. Um, Listen, when your top two centers are Tavares and Austin Matthews, uh, and they have a few wingers kicking around there, too. And Kadri's now their third-line center. And Kadri is, a, like, that to me is, is you know, one thing about Tyler Bozak, and he's always been a, I give him a ton of credit, because when he walked into Toronto, he was coming out of college, and they basically made him the first-line center right away. Right. And he was, he survived it. A lot of guys would have got crushed by what how he was treated in Toronto, but he turned into an excellent player. Good for St. Louis for getting him. Uh, but I'll tell you, when you have Kadri as your third-line center, that means you have a really good hockey team. That, to me, is is the 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 you know the sort the the dictionary definition. Kadri's my third-line center. Oof, I could take a run at it. The exact uh, quote from Stan Fischler appeared uh, courtesy of MSG Networks. Tavares couldn't handle the uh, New York Islanders' challenge and took the easy way out. Meanwhile, Lou has been out marketing this week with some compelling returns. Out marketing. Wow, good for him. 
You I lost. Don't, no disrespect for Lou Lamorello, not for me. Lou Lamorello right, is... but in Stan's case, I think it's understandable. Like, you know what, he's Sounds he's always been a New York guy. He's favored the New York guys forever. He was not a fan of the Oilers dynasty in the early, uh, in the mid-1980s, supplanting the Islanders dynasty at that time, yep. if I recall correctly. Him and was it Mordecai Richler who came in and uh, wrote the scathing piece on what a prairie hick town Edmonton was back in the mid-1980s? <laughs> I love that. That's always the lowest form of writing. When you're when 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 you're a writer or a broadcaster, and your whole shtick is putting down another team or, or another city. Oh yeah. If that's all you got, that's like the comedian that's got to rely on fart jokes. <laughs> He's probably not that funny. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's been a proven. Remember in the 2001 um, World Track and Field Championships, some Brit basically wrote the piece before he got here, ran it the. The minute he'd been in town for ten minutes, the piece is already in the paper, and everyone talked about him for a week. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Everyone's talking about that writer. That's a cheap old carnival trick among writers. So hopefully, don't subscribe to it. Well, I'll bust. ask Rob Tichkowski what it's like to write bad things about Detroit. How'd that work for him? Yeah, <laughs> I was there. He still looks over his shoulder when he goes to Motown. <laughs> that Mickey, that Mickey Redman was. Gonna... Mickey Redman almost killed him. <laughs> well, you know what? If it's going to happen, in fairness to Rob, it's good. Probably is going to happen in Detroit. <laughs> Anyhow, we digress. All right, uh, one fourteen in Edmonton. This is Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with you, along with Mark Spector. If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. Fabulous fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes. Non-stop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass. For reservations to Disneyland, call travel experts at New West Travel. 780-432-7446 or book online at newestravel.com. Very quickly, is so, good signing for the Leafs. Does this make them the team to beat in the Eastern Conference? Uh, I think they're right there. Let's see where Carlson goes Okay, before we start picking Eastern Conference champions in July, Bob. Okay. <laughs> We all know how well that works. They're a really good team. Yeah, you know they've got a goalie in Anderson that I think should be good enough. They're going to be able to score up front. There's no question. There's no doubt, though. Their defense isn't strong. Yeah, but and, they and I want to say we always. I, I, no one can push me off of this. All the teams that win, except for the '06 Carolina Hurricanes, have that stud on the back end. Well, did Pittsburgh have a stud when they didn't have Latang? Well, when they didn't have Latang, they didn't have the stud, but they have Latang, and he's a big. Because Toronto's got three tandems that are pretty impressive. I mean, for the sake of argument, they can go Marner and Matthews, Nylander and Tavares, and oh, by the way, still have uh, uh, defense, right? Uh, Marlowe and Kadri. Oh, so that, right up front. They're going to be good up front. But and you got to have defense. Yep, fair comment. Okay. Riley's a real good player, but he's not a number one. He is their number one. When we come back, because it's topical and because, frankly, I want to send out some video on our uh, Oilers Now account, uh, we're going to talk about World Cup and diving and the fact that. Uh, you ain't seen nothing because it was way worse. I'll, you know, it's funny. Oh, we're, you know, there's no respect for players today and the stuff they do. Uh, we're going to have Brendan send out some video of Diego Maradona's final game playing with Barcelona in 1984. Just, just so you understand, you know, soccer guys didn't always roll over from being accidentally cleated. There was a time they actually used to boot kick each other in the heads in the good old days. So yeah. this is what it is now. <laughs>
When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 119 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Stoffer Inspector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing Saturdays in Northlands Park. Hey, Mark. Yep. How much of the World Cup have you watched? Quite a lot. I'm going through withdrawal the last two games because there's know. no games on. I was sour. I woke up uh, the other morning. You know, I'm up at 7, let's say. And is, where, is where's there a the game? game? Where's the game? What's going on? <laughs> Just go back to bed. They start again tomorrow. Right? Yes, France and Uruguay. Well, that'll be a good game. I mean, you know what? It almost doesn't matter who's playing now. We're down to eight teams. They're all really good. Yeah. So I'll watch France and Uruguay. Who's the afternoon game? Uh, Brazil and Belgium. That'll be a real good game. That that might be a better game because I think Uruguay's got a pretty significant injury. I have uh, I got a day planned out tomorrow. It's supposed to be like 30 degrees tomorrow. Can't sit inside and watch TV, can we? Uh, Maybe you can. Sure, you got air conditioning in your house, don't you? Well, whatever. The point is you should probably go outside, Bob. Yeah, well, you go out between 10.30 and How long are there half times? Not very long. Like 15 minutes. I'll be we'll be watching the second game here tomorrow between noon and two. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've watched every game. Like it's yeah. it's been fantastic. It has been fantastic, but there's one thing that continuously undermines it, and that's the culture in soccer to dive and whine. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, simulation, the histrionics that occurred between England and Colombia was embarrassing in stretches. Yeah. For as good as that finish that game was it between was great game. Belgium and Japan, was that not a great game? Yeah. Like the Japanese played up tempo and they went for it and Belgium went for it. And then the Japanese, after losing, their fans cleaned up the stadium. Like if that's not right. They like, cleaned up the dressing room. Right. That would be a lesson for every minor hockey coach out there. Right. Exactly. Like that. 
country players to act like that. Right. They, they were yeah. pros, right? Oh. So we had that this great game, terrific game, both teams attacking, nobody yeah. diving all over the pitch. And then we got Columbia, and I had no idea, you know. And then, but you know what? Traditionally, England didn't used to do things like that, and now they do, mm-hmm. where their guys sit there and simulate themselves and feign injuries. And It's it, really complicated now. Like, I, you know, Bob, I... I sort of try to see the game through the referee's eyes often. Yeah. And I watch soccer and, and you know... They don't give the refs any respect. Well, first of all, they don't. And, and the irony, not the irony, but an interesting thing is the game to me where the referee gets the most respect of any sport that I know, and there may be another one I'm missing, is rugby. Yes. Right? In rugby, you show absolute respect to the referee. And he'll give you a penalty, and he'll decide how long that penalty is. Right. He'll put you in what they call the sin bin. You go stand yeah. underneath the post. Feel shame. Yeah, go feel shame for as long as I feel like putting you there. So it's that game, rugby, is everyone is very respectful. My son played it, and I thought that was one of the great lessons of the and game. 8, Show respect. 8,693 times I've said this on the air, and you and me have had pops over it on the road. Soccer is a gentleman's game played by hooligans, and rugby is a hooligans game played by gentlemen. So so in soccer... So what happened? It's so hard to referee because everybody, they play hard and they bump and they, you know, trade paint and all those things. Then the minute they get inside that box, everybody's diving. Like, for the poor referee to try to discern, once they get inside that box, what is real and what is fantasy, I mean, that is just a killer tough job because they're all diving in that box. This suggestion, though, uh, that somehow... Somehow, some way that, you know, this is, you know, soccer's always been this way. Don't believe it for a second. There was a time, so I became, you know, a bit of a soccer fan in the 82 World Cup and then subsequently started reading about it. And I heard about this match in 74 between Brazil and Netherlands. And I finally saw a video of it a couple of years ago. And those teams kicked the living crap out of each other. There was no like there was no diving because the tackles were real. Right. There were tackles made in that, that game that NFL players, CFL players, and college football players would be happy making. Right. Like right, it was right. full on. Bring the guys uh, down. Listen, don't ever say for a second that soccer at that level, football at that level, is not a highly physical game. It was. It, is. It, it was in. Uh, you know I. Talk a bit about Maradona and Messi. I'm, I prefer Messi over Maradona. Maradona was really good for eight or nine years. Messi's been unbelievable for 13. At their absolute height of their powers, maybe Maradona might have been, you know, hey, he led Argentina to the World Cup in 86. Messi lost the final to Germany, who had nine players better in other positions than Argentina. They lost a one nothing game. Maradona's last game in 1984 playing for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, Johan Cruyff brought over that clockwork orange and interplay and tiki-taka and all that skill, right? (laughs) He was basically banned from playing in Spain after his last game. How come? They were playing in the Copa del Rey, which is like the any team in Spain can play for. It's sort of like the FA Cup in England. And he had had a run in the past with this guy from Athletica Bilbao. And the guy had busted his ankle. And they ended up playing months later in the Copa del Rey. And they, you know, there was some... Going at it. They were going at it. And this was old school. This is when you could still say stuff that you you can no longer say today on the pitch. And racist stuff and sexist stuff and homophobic stuff. All that kind of stuff was going on. And they were going after Messi, right? I mean, he wasn't Spanish. And and he boot kicked three guys in the head. 
Yeah. We're going to send the video out there. Brennan's going to put it out there on YouTube. And anybody that suggests that there was not a time Kicking that... guys in the head. Oh, yeah. Like, it was like, like, like the king of Spain basically was in was in the stands. There's 100,000 people watching the game, and that was the last game that Maradona played in Spain, and then he went off to Napoli in Italy for the next seven nope. years. And this is what he was the best player. Could you imagine, like, remember how big of a deal everybody made when Zidane headbutted uh, the, the Italian guy, Maserazzi? Yeah, in the, the chest. In the chest. Yeah. Well, Maradona... just a dumb play by yeah, Zidane. Yeah, he lost his cool again. Sure he, did. Great player. I've always liked well, Zidane. Great in fact, player. I might argue he should have headbutted him yeah. harder and maybe gone higher up. But <laughs> but in terms of uh, Maradona, he made his departure mm. from Spanish football count. And the point we're making here is the game, you, the tackles used to be way harder and way nastier and way uglier. Well, I think that And our, guys didn't necessarily dive around and flop around like Neymar, who, you oh, know, was... Oh, my goodness. You know, and it, it just... Because you sit there and go to Neymar, and you go, I sure hope Mbappe turns out to be 10 times the player that Neymar is, because I don't want Neymar supplanting Ronaldo and Messi as the best player in the world if he's going to act like a jackass. He's a great player, but But, it's... Yeah, there's just just too... uh, It just goes too far. Like, I don't even... I get it. So you dive, you fool the ref. The, the, The ref isn't swayed. This is another thing about refereeing. The ref calls the infraction. He doesn't call the 30 seconds after when you're rolling around holding your head and grimacing in anguish. That stuff isn't computing anymore. There's no need for it. Right. If he hasn't made the call by now, by your fourth roll, Neymar, he ain't calling it on your fifth roll. Because now it's clear you're trying to sell me if I'm the ref. In fact, now I'm not going to call it if I was because you're trying to fool me. Nobody rolls seven times when they get tripped, right? You know, one player said to me uh, a couple years ago, after McDavid, he said, you know what? I really liked McDavid and instantly respected him. And I'm like, why? He goes, and I go, he hasn't played for a month and a half. Like, why would you feel this was in his rookie year? Mm-hmm. And he goes, he careens in the boards. He gets up, he holds his shoulder and he skates off the ice. Skated to the bench. And skated to the bench. He didn't sit, uh, yeah. stay down on the ice. He didn't kick his feet because his right, and screaming. Crime and scream. Right. He got up. The kid's 18 years of I age. I like that, too. Right? He acted the way you're, you know. Well, I, I and at that point, the guy was like, the guys in the league already knew how fast and how good he was. But I think you get a measure of respect there. And I think, to me, that's a, it wasn't even like you used the word act. He didn't act like this or that. To me, it was just such a natural reaction. That's who he was. Like, right. He didn't sit there and think, well, how am I going to be perceived? Do I get up? Do I knock? He just, he knew something was wrong. He picked up his stick, and he got off the ice. And it was, to me, a very natural way that here's a guy that it doesn't occur to him. I'm not saying he's never going to dive. Gretzky dove. Sometimes you have to dive to get these guys off you. But if you're That's smart, you don't dive a lot, and then you make a count at the right time, right? I'm just saying. McDavid will have a dive once in a while, because when you're a great player and they're hanging all over you, eventually you do dive. Yeah. But... Uh, I think there's a quality. Uh, I mean, I think we all respect, right? We all respect the way he plays the game. He lugs people around the ice. Yes. He's not appealing to the ref for every call. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I saw a soccer player in, in the last month uh, with his hands spread wide open, looking at the ref, like waiting for it, 
I can't believe that they can sit there and surround the official like that yeah, that's, and, and scream at them. There's like only it's, one ref on the field, and there's seven guys surrounding him yelling at him. That's, that's, that's unbelievable it stuff. It is. That's, I don't like it. Speck, we'll see you next Thursday, bro. Anyway, Bobby. That's Mark Spector. Stoffer Inspector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta Live Racing Saturdays at Northlands Park. Mike Russo coming up from the Athletic out of Minnesota after a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.